Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey fam, before this new episode of Last Drinks, why not jump online and order yourself some sparkling tea from budsandbeads.com.au. Buds and Beads Sparkling Tea, where every bubble tells a story. And don't forget to use the code LASTDRINKS20. This will give you 20% off your order. You're welcome. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas Day. Uh, That is the day that this podcast is being released. But you know what? You might be listening to this in the year 2054. So who knows? Um, But this podcast is being published on Christmas Day 2023 and Merry Christmas. I hope you're having a festive one. I hope you're having a sober one. I hope that you are surrounded by people that you love and that you care about and that your stocking was stuffed full of good stuff. Today's podcast episode is really beautifully timed. I'm talking to a film director. His name is Heath Davis. He's done some incredible work. Most recently, he's directed the movie called Chris Mess. Chris Mess. C-H-R-I-S-T-M-E-S-S. And I think uh, the, the movie itself has really hit a nerve in a really positive way. Some of the reviews have been super positive. Um, There's been, you know, a bunch of articles about how they filmed this movie during lockdown, which was a a huge process that Heath explains to me um, when we have our conversation. But he, look, he's an Aussie director, he's a writer, and I really think he's a bit of a genius when it comes to cinema. And I think what Heath has done is he's told a real relatable kind of dark kind of twisted christmas story and the point of it being it circles back to the meaning of christmas and and kindness and care and i just love that so i'm going to let him explain all about the movie in our conversation you should watch the movie it is out on binge uh streaming wide so it was in cinemas earlier in the month it's on binge now get around it and here is the trailer. I'm going to play the trailer and then play my chat and you have yourselves a very Merry Christmas. You know, not so long ago I had a uh, US agent, publicist, manager, attorney, and now I've got nothing. Hey, that's not true. you got Nick and you got me. Santa! I saw my daughter today. It's the first time I've seen her in 20 years. Go see her, Chris. Today. Don't waste another Christmas. One, two, three. I believe in you, Chris. It is the season for believing. 
Keith Davis, director extraordinaire, joins me on the podcast this week. Um, hey, congratulations. Your new movie called Chris Mess is out now. It's out. Yeah, it's out there. People are coming and they're really enjoying it. We've been doing these Q&A events across the country, everywhere they're putting the movie on and it's really just striking a chord. People love this movie. They're crying, they're hugging me, they're laughing together. It's all those things that the movies were designed for originally and it's got all of that. It's so cool. You know, um, this is not even slight exaggeration the other night my husband and I like the little one was in bed early because he was tired from playing lightsaber fights all afternoon which is a whole other story um and we sat down on the couch with a cup of chamomile tea each and we're like let's watch a Christmas movie and we went to like one of the streaming platforms and they've got them all you know like all of the mm-hmm. Christmas movies and we just scrolled and we scrolled and we're like that looks mm-hmm. crap that looks boring that looks mm-hmm. old that looks mm-hmm. stupid. That looks even lamer than the other one. And we couldn't mm-hmm. even, you know, and, and we've got our go-to, like we watch Elf every year and we love the Christmas Chronicles. And then there's a few mm-hmm. other ones in there that we don't mind, you know, mucking around with. But I love that there's a new Christmas movie. <laughs> watch. But that, it feels, that, can you just explain to the it, audience? Right? Yeah, I'm excited um, because this doesn't look crap. And and I'd tell you if it did and it doesn't, <laughs> but it looks real no. and it looks raw. So can you tell me about, tell me a bit about like how you came up with the idea of, I guess, painting Christmas in, in more of a real light than billionaires snow, you know, going skiing in the yeah. Alps and falling in and out of love? Well, all of my films, except for the one, you know, all the films that I've written that have been made, they have a social issue at their core. So we were going to make this another film that had a, it was like a big budget. It was like going to be like my fourth film. And I was like, yes, we're going to have a proper budget. It's going to be like a, you know, one of those big films. And the script was good. We had a big English actor attached that was coming out to do it. And then COVID happened. So it just all fell apart, like kind of everything in the world. Mm, And so I was like, what am I going to do? And we, you know, you couldn't make films. My musician mates couldn't play. And we were just like sitting at home like the rest of the world. And it was Christmas was coming up. So I've got a young family now and we couldn't see anybody because all our family had COVID and all those COVID restrictions were in place. Mm. And so I was like, and Julia, my partner, loves bad Christmas movies. Um, And so (laughs) she was like, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy in this year. I mean, I love watching Elf and, you know, Die Hard, every dude likes Die Hard. Yeah, of course. I was like, I'm going to watch these movies. And I and a few people in the past had said, Heath, like, think about a Christmas movie. They get licensed all the time and you write these, these character-driven pieces. Like, you could bring something fresh to it. So I was always like, yeah, a Christmas movie. And, and then I watched them all. And, like, to save you, Maz, from watching them all, I watched them all, like, on all the platforms. And they were, like, not only, like, terribly made in terms of execution. <laughs> They they actually didn't ring true at all. I was like, I don't like that's not my Christmas. That's not my friend's Christmas. That's not anyone I know's Christmas. And yeah. I was like, I and then I was like, well, there could be something here. If we did it small, we could maybe make a Christmas movie in a COVID bubble with not a lot of money, with a really great script, with great characters, 
and most people at home, you know, at Christmas spend it at home. So I was like, and they'd be at home a lot. So it wouldn't look like we have no money and we're just hanging out at home. It's kind of like what you do at Christmas. <laughs> right. And so I, and I was like, I want to write about the experiences that I know um, and also the experience, the themes of Christmas. So the, you know, in, in my family and in friends' family and a lot of people I know, Christmas is very lonely. It's very stressful. There's disconnection. It, it's a tough, tough time. And a lot of people drink to excess to get through it. It's like, and it used to be a running gag in our friends. It's like, okay, we're going to, you know, here's what we, this is what we do. We, from November to sort of like New Year's Eve, it's like alcohol. And that exacerbates all the sort of mental health issues. And this was COVID. So it was all, you know, people were doing it, uh, you know, more than ever. And mm. I was like really interested by that. And so, I wrote this story that thematically talks about um, addiction, that talks about sort of alcoholism and mental health, and it's set at Christmas. And it was just emotionally real and honest, and people are seeing it, and it's just totally like what's winning them over. It's emotional resonance. They are connecting to this story and the heart of it, and it's not, done in like a doom and gloom fashion and it's not this hokey Australian we're on a farm and everybody's got a hat with corks on it, you know, like <laughs> it's actually just a real story about human condition and people doing it tough during a very stressful time of year. And it's very funny, like at times, right? So wow. I guess it's what you call a black comedy. Um, but yeah. the performances are great and it's this really beautiful movie um, and I think – when people give it a chance, it's kind of like brings back the meaning of Christmas to a lot of people. So, yeah, that's how it all came about. I just love this so much. But when you say COVID, like that takes me back because I sometimes forget that happened. Like not because it didn't impact knows. me. Yeah, you know? like not because I wasn't affected, just because I feel like I have a bit of PTSD from that time yeah. in life. And yeah. and so when you say COVID, that feels that feels like a long time ago, but I guess in the movie game. So you filmed it during COVID restrictions? Well, it was like it was like COVID three. You know, in Sydney we had yeah, gap open and then another one, and and so oh it was COVID restrictions. Like COVID's actually back now. Like I had COVID. So I've heard. Yeah, just coming back from the world premiere in Austin a couple of weeks ago. You know, everyone in the states has got COVID. Nobody's actually like taking any precautions anymore. So. We yeah, made this wow. movie during total COVID protocol. In pre-production, I got COVID, so I was whopped out, and we only had a couple of weeks. We lost what? sound. Yeah, we lost sound recorders because they were getting COVID, and our replacement did. and And it was like it was kind of like Survivor, this movie, Survivor the movie. But we <laughs> yeah. knew we were getting great stuff, and it was like a skeleton crew. And I knew we could do it like this, but you just didn't know if we were going to be able to film tomorrow. We filmed for 18 days. It was over three weeks. It was like, yes, we did today. And there was these small victories there. And then the next day and then the next day until the rap party, everybody got COVID, right? So, um, right. yeah, so it was really, I mean, it's very hard making a movie. There's so many obstacles and hurdles, especially on low budgets, but having COVID as this thing. Yeah. Um, but it was also a positive in a way because it united us and we'd all been like Hannah Joy for middle kids. The band couldn't tour internationally. They just had this record and they couldn't tour it. And that was a real disappointment. And the actors weren't acting. And so we were one of the mm -hmm. few that sort of could actually, you know, happen. 
And everybody was just like, we're on like borrowed time here. And really like it was a special thing. And we felt like, you know, we're doing something that was really important. And the camera picked up on that. And the movie's about something really important. It's about connection. And and so, you know, all of that um, was sort of, you know, builds the subtext of the movie and builds the energy and everything. And, um, and you know, the, it's just a beautiful movie. And, 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 every, and a lot of people in the cast and crew connected to it because they've all had their own issues with alcohol abuse and substance abuse or mental health in some capacities. It just, the, the, the synopsis just resonates so strong, you know, like I remember and not even not even growing up, I mean like as a young adult, like in my mid-20s and we'd have like it would be Christmas at my auntie's dad's place who he would be drinking VB and playing the piano yeah. at midday. Mm-hmm. Auntie Ina and I would be responsible for setting the table and then we'd sit down <laughs> and have a, a whiskey together at 11 yeah. Yeah, because at 11. we had to – because we had to get the table set by yeah. 11. Yeah, and yeah. So, and then, you know, and then it, the day, and, like, I'm not from a family of boozers really at all, but but when you think about Christmas and then the dynamics and the complexities mm-hmm. in relationship and it's, like, it's a lot. And it's as a, a lot. kid, you know, I grew up in Mount Druitt, right, and a lot of my uh, domestic violence and alcoholism and yeah, Christmas huge, and huge problems. Family. So as a kid... It, you didn't realize that, like, the consequences. It was mm. just the norm. People were drinking. And then, like, I was just saying mm. it the other night, I was like, you know what would happen on Christmas? You'd go from, like, family to family, but the adults were boozed. They were all pissed. And then they'd jump in the car with the kids and go to the next person. Totally. I was yeah. like, wow, that would just never fly anymore. Like, a, and then mm. you think about it and you're like, wow. And then there's these relationships and people would be drinking because they're nervous and, and then all of a sudden yeah. they're drinking too much and then it'd always be the fallout and the fire yeah. and somebody making a goose of themselves and that, that pent-up hostility would just be a powder keg and the alcohol would just inflame it and it would all come out. So, um, yeah, it's a it's Australian. It was interesting because what do we do on, on celebration days? We drink. On yeah. funerals and commiserations, we drink. It's almost like there's a line in the movie where the actors that's trying to celebrate with Steve's character, who's this fallen actor who was a you know silver logie when he's out of rehab, and he takes a job as the mall Santa in Campbelltown, and he's excited because yeah. he got a gig, right? And then they yeah. were going to celebrate, and then like the three sort of addicts in recovery are like, "How do we celebrate? We can't drink or take food, like or drug. What do we do? What yeah. do we do? Yeah, so." Especially at Christmas, so they're trying to abstain and walk and help each other stay sober when alcohol is around them all the time, right? So yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think it's just it's it's perfect timing. I think with this wave of sobriety, there's been an upswing in people being sober curious Completely. and reassessing their relationship with alcohol. You yeah. can buy non-alcoholic drinks. In Woolies, like right. we're selling out, they're selling. We out. are turning that ferry around. I think mm. we're turning around that collective consciousness about alcohol, and I think that this is the most perfect timing for this movie because mm. I think people are ready for it. I think they're hungry mm. to see real raw, no, no, and I think. Just, sorry, keep going. Yeah. I was just going to say that they're hungry for real raw, and I think they're hungry for because it's it does feel like. The true spirit of Christmas mm. is in this movie. It, it is. Like you, you said, the, it's not doom and gloom. Yeah. 
But yeah. no, and you know the facade of like the, the Christmas is a myth, it's a lie, there's this Santa and whatever. And as a society, we're living this lie. Like, and we're yeah. sold that all of these Christmas movies and everybody projects on their social media how amazing mm. their day is. And this is, and it's almost like that one day of the year where everything's got to be it's perfect. one day, man. And it's a lie. Mm. They're perpetuating this lie. And it's movie actually, you know, inverts, subverts that and actually embraces the mm. truth. And when you give people the truth, it sort of can be haunting to begin with, but then they actually connect to it because it's almost like a secret that they're sharing in, but it's uncool to mm. actually talk about it. And so we play to that because it's such a low-budget movie. Our strength was the rawness and the emotional mm. truth. And it's winning them over because they don't get this in movies anymore. They don't get this in conversations anymore with people. They don't mm. get it anywhere. Everything's just this facade and... And there's no, like, social media in this film. You've got these three strangers that are connected essentially through their addiction mm. and they're, they're in a house together. It's just like they're really connecting and it shows the importance of real human connection and none of, and none of the bullshit and that selflessness. And, and it's winning people over. It, re- it really is. I love it. Yeah, it's we're the most rewarding thing. We're in... Um... You just when you were just talking about you know like the the lie and Santa and all that stuff yeah. like we're in a bit of an interesting situation in our home this year. So I have two stepchildren who are twelve and mm-hmm. ten, and I have a four year old, um, yeah, right. and the twelve year old has just definitely realised the truth. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, but we've got to. So the whole thing was like, how do we? Because it's a bit of a bummer. Like I remember finding out that, and like you know, if there's kids in cars listening to this, please like. Just skip over this bit. Santa isn't real. And when I found out, I was like, I remember being really sad. It's and like, a real kind of, yeah, I was I like, well, oh, that's shit. Yeah. And then, and then I'm like, also, parents, pathological liars, because you've been tying this one over every year since mm-hmm. I've been born, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to keep it alive for the four year old. We've got an elf on the shelf. His name's Finn. He comes to visit. It's a whole thing. But with the 12 year old, we were like, we, because he brought it up. He was like, so like, is Santa real? Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what do you reckon? Because, like, I can tell you my opinion. Like, I've never seen him, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah. so he, he's, like, landed on, like, okay, I get it. Yeah. And we were like, but what you get to do now is you get to keep the magic mm. alive for mm. the four-year-old. And mm. so now he's got this sense of wonder and ownership about yeah. being on the inn. Like, mm. I know it's all bullshit. So yeah, he yeah. feels really empowered, yeah, but right. I'm keeping it alive for the little yeah. one because I don't want to ruin. You don't want to spoil the innocence and the whimsy of it all, right? So I know. But there's so it's an been... ethical dilemma that you're dealing it's with. It's huge. Yeah. It's mate. It's it's mm. like I feel it all the time. I'm like yeah. one day that it's like thou- I mean, you know. And I just <sighs> think back to my childhood. I used to leave a beer out for Santa. Every night, like every year, that leave a beer for Santa, like it was alcoholic. I actually thought Santa was a boozer. Actually, like thought, yeah, we, well, that's what we did in our We family. used to leave sherry out. I grew yeah, up in England, like, well, and we had an actual chimney. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we'd leave two glasses of sherry, mind you. <laughs> you know, so we we both know who was nipping the sherry while they were wrapping that's the presents. Right. And so it was yeah. everywhere. It really, really was, and we just. Yeah. You did as a child. You don't really consciously pick up on it, but when I look back and I'm like, man, mm. my connections with alcohol were with Christmas and Santa, right? So, yeah. and I kind of knew where, because just because I wear up, I kind of knew that I could smell the bullshit. Like I, I knew, yeah. like the the, the the everybody really tried to work hard to make Christmas an, an exciting 
light time, but I sort of could, you know, because there were 364 days of the year, it was pretty crap. And you could sort of <laughs> just go, hold on a second, this isn't really yeah. true, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and the, the film, I, you know, I did a lot of research back into, like, you know, the, the just the philosophy and the principles of, you know, baby Jesus on what Christmas actually means and what it represents we, yeah, yeah what it represents and we sort of contemporize a lot of those themes um yeah and we sort of you know modern guys like there's a scene where the lead character is trying to you know roast a turkey because his estranged daughter has said i'm going to come over for lunch and the, the the oven's broken and they can't cook this turkey and so he goes to all the neighbors you know in the street but they all turn their backs on him and mm. and and because they're the housing commission house and they brought their property values down. But, you know, when Jesus was born, it was a feast. All the neighbors got together and they all brought yeah. food and all of these sort of things. And back then there was that camaraderie. But now, you know, the reality is if you, you were in that position, they would shut the door on you. And that's what happens in the movies. So. Wow. Well, look, I, like I said, I've seen the trailer. I haven't seen it yet, but mate, it is on my Christmas watch list. It is. And everybody can watch it soon. It's at the cinema, but the reality is most people will be home and they'll watch it. And so it will be on bins December 15. Um, yeah, for the whole country to watch it. Um, you know, and if they hate it, look, it's just going to be like those other bad Christmas movies. So I'm in good company. <laughs> I can't go wrong. I was like, well, he's part of the reason. If I stuff this up, then Mate. what's it matter? It's still going to be the, better than yeah. Eddie Murphy's Candy Can Lane, so, which the I can bar... say with confidence. So. <laughs> the bar is low. Low. That's right. I'm like, that's a good, if anything, it's good for my confidence. So. <laughs> Oh, congratulations, mate! Uh, it's it's. Got, I hope it goes really, really well for you. Thank you very I hope much. Everyone, I hope everyone listening gets around it. It's called Chris Mess. Yes, the best thing about this movie is we brought on Smart Recovery as our partners, and they're a non-profit that do amazing things for people struggling with addiction, predominantly alcohol. And they saw the film and they just went, "This speaks so much. Speaks volumes to addicts and families." and so they're using it as, as a tool for hope, really. So, you know, if you know anybody that's struggling or with mental health or alcohol, whatever it is, or maybe even just lonely at Christmas, I suggest you just tell them, you know, maybe buy them a binge subscription. It's only nine bucks in December and let them watch this movie. And I think they're going to connect to it and it's going to bring some hope. And that's the most important thing of the whole thing. Amazing, Heath. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maz. I love your show. Thank you for having me. What an honour to be on it. Oh, thanks, mate. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening. Make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode. New episodes are published every Monday. You can follow us on TikTok at Last Drinks or catch up with me on Instagram at Maz Compton. Stay curious. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 